We're in a series entitled Freedom Matters. Freedom Matters. Anybody learning anything in this series? Anybody learning anything? God bless you, two of you. All right, three of you. Praise God. So great. Thank you, Carson. Four of you. All right. Was that, was that just a, was that just a, okay, Pastor Mike, all right, I'm just going to give him one. You know what I mean? Is that what that is? That's okay. That's all right. We're, we're in this series, and uh, I, I've been excited about this, uh, talking about freedom, and, and man, we're, we're witnessing, uh, we're witnessing miracles. You know, a, a lot of people, I, I want to say this really quick, a lot of people, they're talking about in the last days, they want to see revival, they want to see revival, they want to see revival, they want to see revival. Listen, I want to be a part of revival. Come on, somebody. I don't want to just see it. I want to be a part of it. I'm praying it in, and I'm walking in it. That's why we serve people. That's why we love people. That's why we don't distance ourselves from people, but we engage and we get involved in what God is doing. Somebody say a good amen. And in the last two Sundays, we've, we've witnessed seven uh, seven to ten people being saved and committing their hearts and committing their lives unto Jesus Christ. God is still performing miracles today. He's still touching people's hearts. He's still touching people's lives today. Amen. And I want to be a part of that. I'm not going to sit around just bad-mouthing. Well, I hope that God sends a revival. I'm going to be a part of the revival. Come on, somebody. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? So I challenge you to get encouraged and get engaged in that. And this morning in our Freedom Matters uh, series, we're talking about devotion. We're talking about devotion. And I was looking up the word devotion. Okay, I'm going to have to cheat on my phone here for just a second. Okay, so please forgive me for pulling my phone out during church service or whatever. But, uh, you know, uh, some people, that's just against all the rules. But I want to read something to you. This is so powerful. Devotion is a love, a loyalty, or an enthusiasm for a person, activity, or a cause, okay, and devotion is literally the act of dedicating something, amen, devotion, I'm literally dedicating my life, or dedicating everything that I do, every step that I take, I'm the act of dedicating something to a cause, an enterprise, or an activity, I'm dedicating myself unto God, that's what devotion means, and in any relationship that is of value, and that's going to grow and develop, communication is essential. Amen. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? You can't have a great husband and wife marriage, okay, and and the husband's gone all the time and never communicates with his wife. It's not going to go good. It's not going to go good, all right? You can't have a father-son relationship and one of you doesn't ever talk to the other, okay? That's not good communication. It's not real relationship, And if you want to grow spiritually, you must devote time to talking to God and learning how to listen as he speaks to you. Amen. We had a very powerful uh, first city group over with all the men over at my house. Okay, it was an awesome time, man. We're encouraging each other. And I want to tell you, you can get on the app, city group, city group, city group. Amen. Small group small group, Bible study, whatever it is you want to call it, city group, get connected, get in a city group, okay? If you want to grow spiritually, you got to devote time talking to God. We were discussing this, dealing with this, and then learning how to listen as he speaks to you. God will speak, okay? Many times we don't want to hear what he has to say, let alone do we want to have to change anything about us. Go ahead, smile at me. It's okay, all right? In this way, you will build a relationship, watch this, with the very source of life and truth that is 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You're literally creating a relationship with the maker, the creator, the designer, the blueprint, uh, printer of all things. God. Amen. Come on, somebody. You're literally having conversation with God. That should change something about the conversation that you're having with him. Am I, am I making any sense? Look at Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7. Amen. He's telling Joshua, and you can read through chapter 1, you can read through the book of Joshua, you're going to hear God, the Holy Spirit, speaking to Joshua and telling him over and over and over again to be strong and very courageous, okay? And in this verse, verse 7, it says, be strong and very courageous, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave to you. He was talking about the word of God, he was talking about the law, he was talking about following the purposes of God. Watch this. Everybody listen right here. You ready? He says, do not deviate from them. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. Well, that sounds like a pretty good payoff right there, doesn't it? If I'll listen to God, I'll focus on what he's trying to say to me. He's going to bless me and make me successful in everything that I'm doing. Oh, Pastor Mike, that means I'm never going to hurt again. That's not what I said. Pastor Mike, I'm never going to be frustrated again. That's not what the scripture is saying. But if you will focus on some things and listen to what God is saying to you, he's going to help you be successful in all that you're doing. He says, study this book of instruction continually. Study the word continually. Most of us read our love novels Hello? Most of us are in our National Geographic. Most of us are watching TV. Most of us are TikToking. Amen. More than we're Bible studying. Come on. Amen. We got so many videos. Have you seen the video? Have you seen the Have you heard the scripture that says There's a difference there. I'm not criticizing, okay? I'm trying to encourage you. Okay, maybe I'm criticizing a little bit. But you you hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? And scripture says meditate on God, his word. A- amen day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do he gives us he gives it to us twice hey if you focus on the word focus on God's kingdom focus on the truths of God's word you're going to be successful in everything that you do then he hits him later on in the verse only then if as you focus as you meditate you purpose yourself on the word of God look at Luke chapter 5 verse 16 it says Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. You see this right here. The disciples are like, how do we have a great relationship with God? Scripture says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for what? For prayer. Not to catch up on his TikTok. Not to catch up on his Facebook posts. Not to catch up on his Twitter, okay? Or now it's X or whatever, you know, your favorite social media is, okay? And and it says this, Jesus withdrew for prayer. He's talking about a devotion to God. He's talking about laying it on the line with God. Look at Luke chapter 11. You're right there in the book of Luke chapter 5. Skip over just a couple of chapters. It says, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John has taught his disciples. I think that Jesus was close enough for them to hear the passion that he had for God's kingdom, the passion that he had for dealing with the world, the passion that he had to uh, to make a difference in culture and society. So 
Point number one this morning. We're talking about establishing a daily time with God. All right? I'm trying to tell you, I've been married 29 years, okay, 29 years now. And my wife and I, we've been together since we were five years old. We've been best buds since, since it's true, Nevaeh, it's true, since we were five years old, okay? I remember it was Valentine's Day and Christmas. We always, like, brought each other gifts. This is all we said. Am I lying? That's a, that's a fact. We exchanged gifts every year, okay? May not said a whole lot, but we loved one another, all right? You guys remember the story I told her at the age of five. I was going to make her my wife, and she laughed in my face, okay? Who's laughing now? Who's laughing now? And because of that relationship, think about that. If I never establish a time with her, a time of communication, how do I know her? How do I know that she doesn't like Dr. Pepper anymore? How do I know that she doesn't appreciate Dr. Pepper's 23 flavors any longer? How would I know if I don't spend some time with her? So we ask ourselves, why do we need a daily time with God? Because a regular, systematic, quiet time will help you grow in the knowledge and in the understanding of God and His Word. If you don't have the Bible app, listen to me. Bible app, you version. Bible app, you version. Bible app, you version. Okay? Pastor Mike, I don't know anything about smartphones. Old school. Get a B-I-B-L-E in your hands. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's good for you. It's good for you. So this systematic purpose of study, it's one of the most basic disciplines you must learn as a new believer. Praise God. The better you know God and what he says in his word, the better equipped you're going to be to serve him. It's often been said that the Bible is God's love letter to you. And how will you know his love for you unless you read his letter? Through the years, I've written love notes to my wife. Come on, any, any romantics out there? I'm a lover, not a fighter. Come on, anybody out there? Come on. Amen. My wife, she'll go back and she'll read some love letters. She said, you remember when you wrote this? I'm like, absolutely not. I have no idea what happened right here. Amen. No, I do remember that. And, and, and a lot of times if I'm going out of town, like I've I got to go preach somewhere, i got to go do something, serve somebody, I, I'm, out, I, I'm out for a couple of weeks, I always write a love letter. Just in case, come on. You, you never know. You could be T-boned on the side of the road, okay, and put into a wheelchair real quick. You just never know what could happen. I, I write a love letter because I want her to know my passion for her, my, my love for her. And this love language, it will help you develop a living relationship with God. So having regular fellowship with God is necessary if you really want to get to know him in a personal way and have a living relationship with him. Amen. You cannot have a relationship with anyone that you don't spend time with. And it's the same in your relationship with God. Somebody say a good amen right there. Number two. Uh, not, not point two, but just the next point. Sorry, it's, it's, just, it's, it's my way. Okay, sorry. It'll help you express your love and your commitment to God. Amen? You know, you, you got to be reminded every now and again. That's why we have anniversaries. Hey, 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 don't miss your anniversary. Hey, gents, hey, gents, don't miss your anniversary. Anybody ever done it? Don't raise your hand right now, okay? There may be a mass slaughter of you right here in this house, okay? Don't, don't even say it. Like, I accidentally missed it. Okay, don't say that, all right? But you got to have that space in that place, come on, where you remind yourselves. And you remember, every now and again, TK and I will go back to those places that we fell in love or we shared our first kiss or 
other things I can't share with you, okay, in public, all right? And, and, we, and we're like, I loved her. And we, we, we shared a dance there. We shared a hug there. We, we, we shared a moment. We, we shared an argument there. Oh, can I say something real? You share an argument right there. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, things are okay. We're going to make it through this, all right? After the argument comes a lot of X and O. Come on, somebody, a lot of hugs and kisses. Hello? So you pay attention to those things. You cannot have relationship. Amen. So it's going to help you that. A, a regular quiet time is an expression of your love for God, your commitment to Him, your commitment to His ways. If we say we love God, but we fail to spend time with Him, uh, failed to spend time with Him, we would do well to examine our hearts. Hello? Next, it'll help you receive direction and guidance. Pastor, Pastor Mike, I'm trying to look for the, uh, uh, the purpose of God, the will of God. I, I'm trying to find what God wants me to do. Hey, get time in His Word. Get time in prayer. Spend time with God. During your quiet time, you can slow down enough to go before God and ask for the guidance you need in all areas of your life. Every area of your life. Uh, Pastor Mike, I make all my own financial decisions. You're making a mistake. Pastor Mike, I make all my relationship decisions. You're making a mistake. I love you. Listen, I, I don't want to criticize you, but you're making a mistake. You need God to help you walk in and through this space. Praise God. You can ask God to be with you and direct your steps for that particular day. And in that way, you'll stay focused on his presence throughout all your daily activities. Amen. The next thing, it'll help you get equipped for the day. In that secret place of prayer, okay, you can receive from God that which you need in order to do his will. He will talk to you about it. He'll say, he'll let you know what he needs you to do because it's in his presence that you're going to draw strength. It's in his presence that you're going to draw, draw courage. It's in his presence that you're going to draw some insight. Amen. And without his presence, you're left to your own feeble, insecure devices to manage your life. And that is not wise. Somebody say praise God right there. All right. The next thing. It will encourage your heart and renew your spirit. Your spirit will be refreshed and strengthened by a regular quiet time with God. If you've ever had a really great quiet time with God, and you go into work, man, you are geared up, fired up. It's almost as if you drank a case of Red Bull. And people walk in and they're like, what happened to this guy? What happened to this person? Listen, I just had an incredible time with God. God was speaking to my heart. He was speaking to my life. He was ministering some things to me, okay? You can't tell that just to everybody in public who will understand. Amen? But they'll ask some questions, and you can share. You can say, hey, listen, you know what? I, I've, I've got a quiet time with God, and, and in that space, God is dealing with me. He's talking to me. He's talking to me about direction. He's talking to me uh, about strength in him. Amen. And having a quiet time will enable you to live as God desires, especially in the face of trials and temptations. I, I don't know about you, but during trials and temptations, uh, trials and tribulations, temptations, uh, the whole T-list. Come on, somebody. I mean, during all of that, I get frustrated. I get anxious. Amen. I start making wrong decisions. I start doing things that I would have never done had God told me, hello, had God spoken to me and said, hey, don't, don't act like that. You got an attitude. Amen. That's how God talks to me, how the Holy Spirit talks to me. Hey, you got an attitude. You need to stop. Hello. Anybody ever been? Okay, never mind. Let's move on. 
It'll help you. Amen. Get equipped. It'll encourage your heart. Renew your spirit. It'll cause you to grow in spiritual maturity. Amen? A lot of us, I don't want to retake the test. Amen? We talk about it all the time. The Israelites, they took a test every day and they failed it for 40 years. Hello? God didn't say you flunk. He just said take another lap. Take another lap around the desert. I don't want to take another lap around the desert, okay? An effective, fruitful, quiet time will help you grow in spiritual maturity because you'll be receiving spiritual food. You remember when Jesus told the disciples, he said, I've got food that you don't know about. i got spiritual strength that you can't understand. You, You can't contain this kind of stuff unless you're connected to God in this way. And they wanted to know how to connect to God in this way. They wanted to know how to receive this nourishment. So to neglect your quiet time is, not, is like neglecting to feed your physical body. And spiritually, listen to me, spiritually you will starve and you will ultimately revert back to all things selfish, all things unbiblical, all things driven of the flesh. Amen. And in both instances, a lack of nourishment will weaken you and can lead to death, physically or spiritually. Amen. Number two, point number two. I've got a lot of points, all right? There's two main focuses of establishing a daily time with God. Number one, prayer is the first part. Prayer is the first part. Prayer is a two-way communication with God. You don't show up into God's presence with just his to-do list for your life. Amen. God, here's my to-do list. was thinking about some things. Here's some stuff I need. I need you to respond, okay? But prayer is a two-way communication with God. Amen. And during prayer, you set aside time to speak to him. Then you've got to also allow time for him to speak to you. He'll straighten out some of those things that are causing you issues or problems, kind of like your attitude. Not, not yours, but mine, okay? I'm dealing with something, and I'm like, you know, this would have been so much simpler, so much simpler had I brought this to God first and put this in God's hands first and let him guide my steps in this space and guide my steps in this, in, in this position first, right, instead of dealing with all that myself. All right, so prayer's the first part. Number two, during your daily quiet time, the second thing is the word of God is the second part. I love fiction, non-Christian, or I love fiction uh, books, you know, Christian books, whatever, fiction, non-fiction books, that's so great, that's so awesome, okay, but it's the word of God that speaks life, it's the word of God that changes, it's the word of God that rebukes, it's the word of God that instructs, it's the word of God that corrects and fills us with hope. Somebody say praise God, thank you Father for your word, amen. So God's going to speak to you through your Bible readings. Why? Because Psalm chapter 119 and verse 105 tells us that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and it's a light unto our path. Amen. So God is leading you. And it's step by step. It's step by step, okay? It's not a Batman. It's not a Batman signal. Amen. It's not a bat signal, all right? It's step by step and moment by moment that we're taking that step of God, uh, that step with God. And the word of God will speak to your heart concerning actions. The word of God will speak to your life concerning your motives and your attitudes. And it will challenge you continually to grow in your relationship with God. I've been reading the Bible before, and God will speak to me and say, hey, here's something that you do. 
I don't want you to do this any longer. I need you to, I, I need you to get deliverance from this. Amen? And I'm like, okay, absolutely. All right? It's just between God and I. Nobody came in and gave me a word. I didn't have to go to a conference. I'm not criticizing those things. Listen to me. I'm not criticizing those things, but God will deal with you in all of that stuff in your private time, in your quiet time with him. He'll deal with some of those issues. Amen? Maybe you got a dress code issue. God will deal with your dress code. Maybe you got a mouth on social media. Maybe everybody else knows it except you. Don't look around. Just keep focused right here. I don't want you to get in trouble. Stay right here. You'll see that and you'll be like, you know, you'll be like, hey, you know what? I've got to deal with this. I've got to deal with this. God's speaking to me, dealing with me. Now watch this, okay? God's word helps us, watch this, helps us to see our circumstances from his perspective. Amen? His perspective is better than yours. Yours is slanted. Everybody's picking on me and nobody likes me and everybody hates me and... God's like, hey, 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 stay the course. You're growing in this season. You're growing in this situation. Amen. All right? So the, the thing that we do to get into that quiet space and that quiet time with God, choose a place that's quiet. Amen? That all the children aren't running in and out, where the, there's a focus problem. Mom, 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 dad, dad, dead, whatever, the dogs are barking, whatever it is, go find a space, go find a place that you could be private before God, amen, your quiet time is your own special time to meet with God, you need to have no interruptions, turn off the phone, turn off the internet, turn off the game station, turn off the television, turn off the radio, turn off the humans around and about you for just a few moments and get alone with God, amen. And then the second thing that you need to do is choose a definitive time. Choose a time. Don't just expect the devil to allow you to find a space in your day to get closer to God. Amen? He's going to do everything he can to, to, to get you to go a different direction, a different space. You might say, hey, every morning I wake up, I, I go work out at 7 a.m., and then I, I come back and I get a shower and I get ready for work. Okay, then you might need to get up at 6.30 or 6.45 a.m., to get some quiet time with God. Come on, somebody. And, and, and I've had people talk to me about this. I've prayed a lot of times. I've prayed a lot of times. I've been praying and fall asleep. And, and late at night. You think God's mad at that? Not at all. Amen. My kids are too big for this now. But I loved it. I loved it. There was no greater sleep time. You know, you get that baby time. The baby's laying on your chest. You're both knocked out for like four hours. You have no idea what just happened. You wake up and it was like the best nap ever, right? It was like, what just happened? The baby okay? Am I okay? I feel great. And you're hungry. Come on, somebody. You're ready. Amen? Ready to eat. Everybody's ready to eat. So you, you got to think about that, okay? I'm not telling you to go to sleep every night, uh, to pray every night and just fall asleep. That's not what I'm saying, but God's not mad at you if you do, all right? But choose a definite time. Usually your days are very busy. Don't look for a break, okay, when it's going to be convenient to have your own quiet time. Build it into your day. Look at Daniel. Look at Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. This is so, this is like supernaturally powerful right here, what I'm getting ready to share with you. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. Look at this. They just passed a law that they made prayer illegal. They just passed a law 
They made worship of God illegal. Scripture says Daniel, look at this. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home. He knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. It's a Jewish, Jewish culture, okay? He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. Do you see this, okay? He wasn't really, you know, just, just you know, running up to say, hey, I can't wait to break the law, all right? This is who he was, breaking the law. If, the, if this was going to be illegal, this was, you know, him loving God, amen? If loving God was a crime, Daniel's an outlaw, right? And we see this in Scripture, and it says this. Watch this. This is so powerful. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Notice Daniel didn't make a big deal out of his opposition to the unfair law or flaunt his prayers. He didn't go out in public and say, oh, you guys want me to break the law? I'm coming out here to pray. Coming out here to pray in public. Uh-uh. He went to his quiet place. He prayed. The devil came at him, kept coming at him. The enemy came at him, but Daniel was just being himself in his relationship with God. Daniel went home. He prayed sincerely and in truth, just as he has always done before, because no earthly commands could prevent him from fulfilling his heavenly duties with God. And when a human command contradicts a divine one, our obligation to God is our highest ranking authority. Come on, somebody. Give me a good amen right there. You might not understand it in the same way that I understand it. In the state of California, as we were pastoring out there, they told us, they said, you're done chanting, you're done quoting scripture together. Our county, Mendocino County, you can look it up on the news, we banned singing. We literally banned singing during COVID. And it was that week we said, we're going to the church, we're going to unlock the doors, we will worship God, we will honor God, we'll lift him up in the name of Jesus. Because God's called us to worship him in spirit and in truth. They were opening bars. They were opening strip clubs. In the state of California, they were opening all these other places, vineyards and wineries and dispensaries. But the church, uh-uh, this church will not be closed. I had people in the church. I had the people in the community. And, and, and God forbid we go through another, another COVID scare. And maybe, just maybe, this school says, hey, you guys can't meet on our property. We'll find us a place. It might be outdoors to worship God. We're not closing the doors. We're going to worship God. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus in spirit and in truth. We may social distance out in public. That's fine. That's great. I'm all for that. All right? Keep ourselves healthy. That's great. But we're going to worship God. It's our practice. It's our faith. It's who we are. Somebody say praise God. Daniel's attitude was the same as that of the apostles many, many years later. We must obey God rather than human authority in Acts chapter 5 and verse 29. And God blessed them for it. Daniel was calm. He was cool. He was collected. He was self-contained in his faith and in his relationship with God, and that made him unstoppable and uneatable. Come on, somebody. They threw him in the lion's den, you remember, and the, and the lion's like just probably fell asleep in his lap. He's just like petting him. He named him before the morning. 
This is Rico. You know, this is Jimmy. I don't know what their names were, whatever. But you, you, you look at that space. It made him unstoppable. And God deserves, listen to this, God deserves the best part of your time. Amen. Don't give God leftovers, okay? Give him some prime time each day. Don't just squeeze in five minutes. You need to give God ample time to speak to you, not just you speaking to him. Somebody shout with me this morning. And the quality of your time with him is so much more important than the quantity, amen, but we need to be faithful in spending that time with God each day. You'll soon be increasing the time spent with him as you mature in Christ. And the key, listen to me, the key is consistency. It's consistency. Boom, every day. Hey, this is my time. You usually get up at 5 a.m., and then you start your day, start at, four, start at 4.50, okay? Waking up, talking to God, rubbing those eyes open. Come on, somebody. Can you hear what I'm saying? Start there, and God will give you a passion for him and his kingdom. Amen. Point number three. Point number three. Practical tips to establishing a daily time with God. Okay, here's something that you need to be doing, all right? Every time you, you begin a, a, a conversation with God and, and some time, with, start your time of prayer with thanksgiving and praise. Maybe turn a worship song on or two. Start telling him how good he is, how kind he is, how merciful that he is, how able that he is. Just start singing that, man. Just, you are more than able. And you're just like, nah. you know, I mean, you just get into a mode. Come on, somebody. Amen. You're like hulking out, okay? It's super awesome, all right? And it's a good way to start your prayer time because it immediately causes you to acknowledge God's goodness and his greatness. It takes a focus off of you. Hey, takes a focus off of you. Hey, 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 hey. Takes a focus off of you and puts it on him. Not just what I need, what I want, all these things. God, you are good. You are kind. You are able, exceedingly able. Amen. And number three, consistently praising God, thanking God for who he is, all he's done, develops an attitude of gratitude. Amen. Our culture needs an attitude of amen. That's good preaching right there. Number two, under right under uh, your first practical tip, start your time of prayer with thanksgiving and praise. Number two, confess any sin or unforgiving attitude that the Holy Spirit brings to your attention. Listen, daily confession of sin is so vital to your relationship with God. There are married couples. There are parents that haven't forgiven each other. There are siblings. They haven't forgiven each other for something that happened forever ago. Listen, Daily confessions are good for your soul. It's good for that relationship between you and God. It's good to say, hey, listen, I was wrong, okay, and I'm sorry. Listen, listen, you can say those words. They won't kill you. Praise God, all right? That's good, that's good stuff right there. If we never take the time to examine ourselves, we'll never recognize those areas in which we are falling short. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. If you ask him, he'll let you know, hey, you're not, you're not, you're not where you think you are. You're not where I want you to be, praise God. You don't have to try to analyze and dredge up every thought you ever had or everything that you've ever done. The Holy Spirit will bring to mind those things that are not pleasing to him. Amen. Can I just teach this week? Can I just teach you a little bit this week? Amen. At that point, confess it as a sin. Confess it as a sin. Repent of it and move on in your walk with God. God says, hey, you got a bad attitude. 
Don't get a bad attitude at God and, re- and ignore him. He's right. You're wrong. Amen. He's right. You're wrong. Okay? Be okay with that. God has a standard, and it's perfection. Praise God. Amen. Number three, number three in this, in this list, things that you need to be doing every day as we're praying. We're asking God for the things that we need personally. Now's the time to talk to him about what you need personally. All right? You've forgiven everybody. You've loved on the world. Come on. Right? You, you've praised and you've worshipped him. Now you can ask him for something. Amen? Now you can say, hey, God, uh, there's some things I'm dealing with in my life. God cares about you. He wants to provide for you. And making your needs known to God is an important part of your prayer time, but not the only part. Amen. Just like an earthly father, our heavenly father wants to take care of his children. I am a child of God. Every now and again, I remind myself of that fact. God, you are my father. You, there is nothing that I, I'm in need of that you won't supply. Come on, somebody. Amen. First John chapter 5, verse 14. And we are confident that God hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. So we pray in faith. We know that God is going to hear us. And do not let yourself doubt his desire or his ability to meet your needs. Come on, somebody say a good amen right there. Number four, intercede. Or stand in the gap for others. Start praying for someone else. Pray for your friend. Pray for your enemy. Pray for that situation that that you're frustrated in and they're frustrated with you. We all have unbelieving friends, unbelieving relatives, unbelieving acquaintances that need to come to Jesus. You probably also know many others with dire needs in their lives as the worship team comes. In addition, you could start praying for your local church. You could start praying for your local leaders, your local pastors. Start praying for your boss. I don't like my boss. Start praying for him. God will give you a passion for him or, or her that you can be a help into their life. Amen. He'll give, you a, he'll give you a strength for them. He'll give you a grace. He'll give you a grace for them. He'll give you a mercy for them. Amen. Pray for your city group. Nice commercial right there. Did you see it? Did you feel it? Did you feel it? Get in the city group. Pray for your city group. Pray for the government. Amen. Help me. Someone help me. Someone help me, right? We, we, we pray for those, not, not just the laws that they're making. Literally, I, I literally pray for their protection. I, I pray that God will protect them, that God will help them make decisions, amen, that he would be proud of. Amen. Praise God. That's a good prayer to pray. Praise God. That's good stuff, right? Pray for your missionaries. Man, start praying for missionaries. God, give them the finances, the resources that they need to preach the gospel. Amen. You won't always... Pray for these things every time. But you should always take some time to pray for others. This is so powerful. Be open. Be sensitive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit as to which things you should pray for. And be specific in your requests on behalf of others. Amen. Number five. I just got a few more here. Really quick. 
Always remember to thank God for answered prayer. Huh? How many of you dads or moms, you buy your kid a new pair of shoes? They don't realize that you worked eight hours to provide those shoes. Breaking your back. Hello? And just a thank you. I see some faces right now. Come on, pray, Pastor. Come on. See some faces and nobody even saying nothing. They just, parents just swelling up right now. How good does it feel to buy your kids something like that? But kids, how much more your parents want to do? And they want to bless you. They want to do, ah, they want to give you everything they didn't have and all that and more. But thank them. It's the same for us. God, I'm so thankful for this day. It's a beautiful day. I'm thankful for provision today. I'm thankful for lunch. It was terrible, you know, whatever that it was. You had McDonald's, it was terrible. Right? But you thank God for it. Amen? Remember to express your gratitude, right? And as you recall what God has done, be thankful. Faith rises in your heart for future needs. And I remember God did this and God did this and God did this so thank God for what he's done number six leave time for God to speak to you personally don't get so caught up in praying for your own needs and then praying for everybody else that you neglect to leave time to hear from God listen to me nothing is as important as hearing from him right sit quietly in his presence empty your mind of all the preconceived ideas to what God should say wait those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up like wings as eagles. Amen. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. I'm sorry, I had to finish the verse, okay? You, you just kind of get into a space, right? But wait upon God. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and then respond when he does. He says, hey, you've had an attitude this week. Oh, man, you're right. i got to straighten this out. I got to get this right between my wife and my family and my friends and those around and about me. I got to, I got to get this right. I got to get this right. You might sense an inward impression. You might become especially aware of his presence, but just allow him to minister and speak in whatever way he chooses. Every now and again, you'll be praying. You'll just feel the Holy Spirit just show up. And you're just like, whoo, help just showed up. The comforter just showed up. Strength. Supernatural strength just showed up. God, say say what you need to say. Amen. Finally, number seven. Be alert for opportunities to apply in your life what you're learning in your quiet time. James chapter 1, verse 22. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Pastor Mike can't do what it says for you. You got to do, mom can't, pastor, you don't understand how, how the faith of my grandma, grandma, God bless her, we're so grateful for her, her faith, hello, her faith is not your faith, you got to grow in your, she was dealt the measure of faith, and she did good with her faith, you've been dealt the measure of faith, now you need to do good in yours, take her as an example, that's powerful, amen, and it says this, You've got to do what the Word says, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the Word and you don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. You forget that you had a bad attitude. 
You forget that you aren't paying those bills that you need to pay because paying your bills is godly. That's scripture. That's scripture. Amen. Paying your bills is godly. Amen. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, what's what's the perfect law? It's God's law. It's God's word. If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Amen. Look for chances to apply the instruction you are receiving from the word. All right. Be ready to share with others what you are learning because your testimony has power. Your testimony has strength into the life of someone else who may be challenged in dealing with the same things you just dealt with two weeks ago, two months ago, 20 years ago. And your time with God, your service unto his kingdom are powerful and life altering. And I've noticed something about God, that many times he'll begin to speak to me, he'll begin to say something to me, and it's like later that afternoon or later that evening, the very thing that he said to me, I'm now regurgitating it to someone else because it was that powerful in my heart and in my life, and I say it to them, and they're like, where did you get that? Man, I got that from God the Holy Spirit this morning. It's like fresh bread. Amen? Anybody ever been to Lutz's? Amen. If you've ever had their chips, you know, the, the homemade chips in the box, the, the family size, they're totally different when they're fresh in the bag. It's a whole nother level. It's like Krispy Kreme in a box or Krispy Kreme, the free one off the roller. Come on, somebody, hot out the fire, okay? It's a different level of awesome. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? Recognize the opportunity. Boldly share what God has given you. And you will never really get to know God until you're spending time with Him on a regular and a consistent basis. And in this discipline, you'll find yourself learning to hear God's voice, experiencing His guidance and His direction for your life. I can't lead you in that space. I can't guide you in that space. But God can, and God the Holy Spirit can, and He does. Amen. Will you stand with me all over the building this morning? This is good teaching. This is good teaching. This is solid theological teaching. Amen. And the Word of God, the prayer time that we need, each and every one of us, you're asking yourself all the time, I wish I didn't struggle like this. I I wish I wasn't so frustrated like this. It's because you need to get into a consistent time with God, a consistent time in praise and worship and prayer and Bible reading and a consistent time listening to His voice. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? All right? You bow your heads with me this morning. God, I'm so grateful today, Father, for your presence and your power. God, your Holy Spirit who leads us and who guides us. God, I believe with all of my heart, God, this is a challenge to your children. This is a challenge 
to your people today, Father God, that you want relationship with your people, God. You want great relationship, God. God, we want revival. God, it comes through the confines of relationship. We want the Spirit of God to move. We want the Spirit of God to overtake our hearts, the Spirit of God to overtake our lives. It comes through the confines of relationship, God, that we're giving unto you, God, and we're serving unto your kingdom, God, and you are pouring out of your goodness. You're pouring out of your grace. You're pouring out of your overflow, God, all that you would do in our hearts and all that you would do in our lives, God. I pray today, God, Lord, that we wouldn't go to sleep at night, God, without connecting with you and purposing ourselves, God, in a greater and a deeper, God, a passionate relationship with you, God. You're going to speak life, God. You're going to speak grace. You're going to speak mercy over each and every one of us. And you're going to lead and you're going to guide our steps each and every hour of each and every day. God, we're going to grow in you. We're going to walk in your purpose today, God. We're going to be guided by your presence. And we're going to be so thankful today, God, for your Holy Spirit that moves in these ways. We're going to thank you today, Father, for all that you're going to do in our life, in our church family, in our city, our community, in our world today, Father. God, because we prayed, we honored you, God. God, and we, we're after you today, God, with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. God, we're so thankful for what you're going to do. In Christ's name, everybody said, amen. Can you give God a good hand clap of praise in the house this morning?